Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Well, welcome. Happy Father's Day. Uh, And a big shout out. I just want to say happy Father's Day to my dad. Uh, He's in here somewhere, I think. Um, And so, uh, yeah, great to be able to share Father's Day today with my dad and, and, and hopefully for you guys as well. You know, we, we understand also that Father's Day can be a bit of a bittersweet day for some people. Um, maybe you're remembering uh, your dad today, maybe he's no longer here, or, or maybe there's some sort of disconnection between your relationship uh, with dad. I just want you to know that the greatest place, I believe, uh, to be on Father's Day is in the Father's house. Amen. So, uh, so grateful that you can be with us today. And uh, I just want to share something that I believe God's been speaking to me about. And um, I think it's uh, relevant for today being Father's Day. But uh, if you have been with us for the past few weeks, you will know that we've been in a series called uh, Faith, Hope and Love. So out of 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, the Apostle Paul says, and the greatest of these, talking about faith, hope, love, and the greatest of these, of these three things that remain, is love. And so I just want to kind of go off of that uh, today. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22. It's going to come up on the screen, but uh, this is a, a really, really powerful story, well-known story. And I uh, just want to look at parts of this And so we're going to go right from verse 1, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I don't know about you, but if God were to give me a word like that, I would want some specific details. Amen. I would want God to be meticulous and totally uh, intricate about all of the details. If I'm going to do something like this, but how many of you know that God's not actually like that? God is big on obedience. He's skinny on details. Uh, God is not Google Maps. So he does not give you the plan beforehand. He doesn't tell you at the next roundabout, take the second exit, uh, up ahead, 200 meters, turn right. God just says, uh, this is what I want you to do. And then it's on us to step into it. And so I just want to talk to us about, because I understand that we are living in interesting times right now. And some of you are looking at your life now and you're thinking, where to next? Uh, What does a post-COVID world look like? Or maybe you are transitioning into something new. Maybe it's from one season into a new season. Maybe it has to do with your career or a job, maybe it's a relationship. So I want to preach from uh, this particular title today, and it is A Father's Guide to Packing for the Unexpected. A Father's Guide to Packing for the Unexpected. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord God. I pray that you would uh, bless us today, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word also. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, 
Our daughter just got back from camp a few days ago. If your kids go to King's College here, you'll know that some of the primary schoolers have been away on camp. And uh, I uh, heard a mother lamenting the fact that her son, year five, about 11 years old, she realized that when he got home, he was wearing the exact same clothes that he left in three days ago. Not only that, but his bag had not even been opened which means he hadn't changed his clothes, he hadn't showered, he hadn't changed his underwear, he hadn't even brushed his teeth. And she was kind of lamenting this fact, and I heard that and I thought, that sounds pretty normal for boys. On the other hand, a mother of a daughter said that her daughter packed her own bag, and her daughter had worn every piece of clothing item uh, by, by the end of it, several wardrobe changes throughout the day. And it made me realize that Boys and girls are a little bit different, uh, especially in this area of packing. Have you noticed, guys, that maybe later on in life, maybe you've gone away or prepared to go away on holidays and you've had to pack for yourself. Have you noticed that the way men pack and the way women pack is very, very different? I've got an illustration, I think. Uh, it's an image that I think sort of highlights this. We just bring up that first image about the... Uh, so there we go. A guy packs for three days vacation. Uh, it's just him and his man bag. Uh, a woman packs, and you can see there are several more uh, bags. So I'm a little bit like this. I am a minimalist when we go on, uh, away on holidays. Uh, I'm just wearing the clothes I'm in, maybe one change. Shoes are optional, uh, toothbrush. I'm not taking any other toiletries. I'm not shaving. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm on holiday mode. Uh, my wife, however, she likes to have options. And so uh, we will often, the car will kind of look a little bit, you know, stacked with all of that. There is another image as well about what that packing process looks like. And uh, it kind of looks like this. Uh, when mum is packing, oftentimes she's flustered, there's kids, there's lots of things. And dad is, uh, that's the way we pack. And uh, to be fair, it's because... We don't pack a whole lot, so we've got plenty of downtime afterwards. So, uh, so very, very different uh, things. And, and in this story, how would you be being Abraham? Uh, you get a word from God, and it's this word. Take now your son, your only son, the one you love, and go to a place that I will show you. What do you pack for a journey like that? What do you pack for a journey where it was unexpected and you're stepping into the unknown? And so I just want to have a look at a few practical things that I believe Abraham packs and we also. The first one comes up in uh, verse 3. It says, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. The first thing Abraham packs, he gets up early the next morning, he packs the faith to step out. It is the faith to step out. I don't have all of the details, but I'm still stepping out. I'm a little bit anxious and concerned, but I'm still going to step out. I don't even know where we're going, but I am still going to step out. If we are going to step into everything that God has for us, we are going to have to fix our eyes on Him and believe and step out anyway. 
10 years ago, uh, my family and I, uh, I, I had gone first. I was working for the government and we were uh, living our best lives off of the coast of WA uh, in a beautiful setting and, um, and uh, it, it was just great. It was a great lifestyle, it was great money, it was all of this. And out of the blue, I was having a conversation with my wife and she just said something that upset me and totally ruined my day. Uh, she said, in the middle of all of this beautiful tropical surroundings, uh, great money, great lifestyle, she says, I think God's going to call you back into ministry. And uh, I feel like saying, get behind me, Satan. Uh, I rebuke that. Because um, you see, a few years earlier, uh, we had become, we were youth pastors. And uh, how many of you know youth ministry is hard? Looking after teenagers is hard. And so I thought I had done my stint for the kingdom. I'd done a few years of youth ministry. I can tick that box, but then it's back into the workforce to make some real money. And so uh, that, that was my thinking. Because uh, I just thought, there is no way I am going back to do any sort of ministry, especially looking after teenagers. There's no way. So if you see uh, Reese or Holly Collity looks after our kids, uh, give them a hug, a high five, give them cash, give them something, you know, because it's, it's not easy. Um, so I kind of said to her, there is no way I would go back and do anything. I'm happy to attend church. I'm happy to give my tithe. I'm happy to do all the things, you know, check it off the uh, to-do list just to make sure I'm doing just enough. Well, it was a few years after that, we found ourselves in Tassie and God did give me a word and he spoke specifically about doing something in ministry. I didn't know what. And so we just stepped out and we took steps of faith. Uh, from Tassie, uh, and we literally stepped into different states and uh, didn't know where we were going, didn't know what we were doing, but just felt the call of God to do something, and we just stepped out. We just stepped out. And then it was just over two years ago, we're living in Sydney, and we're heading elsewhere, not here, elsewhere. And it just so happened that at that very time, we were preparing to leave Sydney and move. Uh, I spoke to Pastor Ben, and he told us about this, and so we thought, praise God, feel called to the Gold Coast. <laughs> and so here we are, but it wasn't on our plans. We didn't know. We just felt, let's just believe God, and let's just step out in faith. Here's the thing about faith. This is not stepping out in faith for the sake of faith, okay? This is not George Michael singing, you got to have faith, because we can focus on, the, no, no, our faith is in our trust in the one who is never failing, the one who is always with us, the one who will never forsake us. Our faith is in our trust in him. And so Abraham didn't know the details, but even a few chapters earlier when he is speaking to God and he doesn't understand that God is going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah and he just comes to this realization and he says, surely, the judge of all the earth will do that which is just. Surely, the God of the universe, when I don't have all the details, surely he's going to look after me. Surely he's going to make a way where there isn't a way. And so if we are going to step into the unexpected, we need to fix our gaze on him and allow our feet to keep moving forward. Our faith is best seen in our feet. Our faith is seen in our feet. It's, it's seen in our motion. Abraham had to get up early. He had to get his guys organized. He had to pack. And then he had to set out on a journey. And that's what it was. It was setting out. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes we 
feel like God is calling us to something and, and we kind of feel unqualified for it or we feel like we don't have everything. I certainly didn't, but we just stepped out anyway. A few years ago when we were actually in Tassie and uh, it was, it was a kind, of a, kind of a lunchtime and I kind of got away and, and was just having a bit of lunch down by the Derwent River, absolutely beautiful, uh, near the bridge, beautiful jetties on either side of me. I've sort of parked in the middle and, and I'm sort of having lunch, having a devotion. And then all of a sudden I could hear this commotion on the jetty. And I look up and there are people that have been fishing on my right hand side on the jetty. And I can just look and they are literally casting and they're pulling out fish. They don't even have time to put the fish uh, into buckets. They're just leaving them on the jetty. And, and they're laughing and carrying on. They call over to their friend who is on the other jetty who runs over and then casts their line. And so they are literally just casting and pulling out fish. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know whether they sort of came upon a, a school of fish or something, but they are, no sooner have they put in, they're pulling out all this fish. Here's the kicker. These three individuals were middle-aged Japanese women. One of them even had a pink puffer Hello Kitty jacket. Um, I don't know what your image of fishing is. When I think of fishing, I think of Nathan Rogers. I think of uh, a, a man's man. I think of people like this. I do not think of uh, middle-aged Japanese women. And yet here they were catching all this fish. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, I'm not looking for your capability. I'm just looking for your availability. If you will step out in faith and make yourself available, I will make you capable. I will make a way where there doesn't seem to be. I'm just looking for someone and I will use anyone. And you may not look the part. You may not have all the qualifications. You may not have the pedigree. You may not. I'm just looking for someone who is going to step out in faith and trust in me. So the first thing we need to pack as we're stepping into the unknown is the faith to step out. The second thing, that second thing comes from verse four. It says, on the third day, so get this, they've been walking for three days looking for this place. Abraham lifts his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham says to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. So after three days of travel, after the word of God, after he steps out in faith, now we finally have the first recorded words of Abraham. And here it is. Me and the boy are going to worship and we will come back to you. Not I, not just me, no, 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 we will come back. And then he says this, he says, God himself will provide, God himself will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. After we pack the faith to step out, 
we need to pack the hope to speak up. We need to pack hope to speak up and we need to make sure that our speech is not sabotaging our steps. God may call you to step out in faith and it might be scary, but you cannot allow your language to betray your movements. I know it's scary. I know it doesn't look safe. I know you, you're anxious and all of that. But make sure that coming out of your mouth is the words of hope. Like Abraham, we will come back. I don't know how, but maybe because he is the author of life. Maybe he is the one that can resurrect the dead. But I'm going to step out. And we are going to continue to speak words of hope. You know what it tells me about when he says that God himself will provide a lamp? It tells me that when we speak the language of hope, we are also calling forth solutions to the issues we are facing. Abraham may not have known that he was prophetically declaring a solution that one day God himself will provide not just any lamb, but the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Every single one of us, when we're stepping into uncharted territory, when we're making those scary steps, we need to make sure that our words are not like the Israelites in the wilderness. An entire nation who was stepping out into the promises of God, but because they allowed unbelief and because they allowed complaining and fear, they forfeited their right to step into the promise because of the words that were coming out of their mouth. Twelve lead, uh, spies, leaders go out, and ten of them say, it's true, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, but there are fortified cities. There are giants there. We look like grasshoppers. Two of them say, come on, God is with us. They are our bread. These guys are toast. God has got this. We can do this. And so which one of these guys were able to fulfill the words out of their mouth? Well, they actually all did. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy because 10 of them didn't go in, but two of them did. Make sure that our language is matching the steps of faith. So it's the second thing that we find him doing is that he has packed hope that speaks up. Even in the face of things that look ridiculously impossible, and you may be looking at the doctor's report and you may be looking at your uh, bank balance and you may be looking at insufficiencies and deficiencies and all of this, but allow the words of your mouth to reflect not what you see, but who He is. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I know I am surrounded by you. Even when I don't know, He is working. He is working when I can't see a way he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So it's the hope to speak up. And then finally, and you can head on up, worship team. Verse 9 says this. They came to the place, he and Isaac, which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. The third thing I believe that you need to pack 
when you're stepping into the unexpected is the love to lay down. It is love to lay down. You know that pop culture has kind of taken this whole idea to a new level. And, you know, there are so many times we've seen this in pop culture where the hero does this. He lays down his life. So Neo goes into Machine City. And because of the battle that is taking on in that place between man and machine, he lays down his life and he ends the war. It looks like it's hopeless for the universe. And then here comes Iron Man and he wrestles the gauntlet back and he snaps his fingers and he saves the entire universe, but in so doing lays down his own life. Bible says that greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And so the final thing we see is that Abraham comes and he grabs his son. And the Bible says they're heading up this place and scholars believe that Isaac could be his oldest 20. So we're not talking about a a little helpless kid. And a lot of us talk about the faith of Abraham. What about the faith of Isaac to continue to obey? And so they're trekking up and Abraham's got the fire and he's got the knife and he's put the wood on his son's back. And you can imagine the anguish and the grief because this isn't the first son that he's lost. This is the second son. He's lost Ishmael because he had to send him away. And now God's telling him, your only son, I want you to give him up for me. So they head up and they get to this place. And the Bible says that when they get to that place, he builds an altar. And after he finishes building the altar, he turns and he binds his son. And his son doesn't move. Abraham's about 120 years old by now. Uh, He could have easily have been overpowered, but his son doesn't move. And so he takes him and he lays him down. He lays him down. Theologians believe that this very site in the region of Moriah is also the same site where centuries later, King Solomon would build the temple that housed the very presence of God. And you see, that temple didn't have foundations of concrete or cement. The foundations of that temple wasn't that. The foundations of that temple was a father that laid down his true love, his one and only son. That was the true foundations of that. His son doesn't move and If you know the rest of the story, you'll know that as Abraham lifts up the knife to kill his son, that heaven intervenes and he says, don't harm the lad, now I know. You see, that passage of Scripture starts by saying God was testing Abraham. Abraham didn't know it was a test. He just stepped out in faith. He continued to speak up in hope and now he has laid down his love. And so what happens is that God tells him, don't touch the lad. 
there is a ram that is caught in the thicket and he takes this substitute sacrifice and he kills it. And they sacrifice and then they head back just as he said before. Abraham's actually, this is a prophetic picture of one day about another son that would trek up a hill with wood on his back. But when he gets to the altar, heaven is silent. Heaven doesn't intervene and his son is lost. You see, there is no substitute. He is the substitute. He is our substitute. Should have been me up there. Should have been you. But an obedient son went all the way because love was laid down. Revelation says that before the foundations of the world were laid, the Lamb of God was slain. This world, our foundation is not soil, it's not seas, it's not any of that. The foundation is a son that was slain before the foundations of the world that God chose to lay His only love down so that He would never ever lose any one of us. That's the God we serve. So in this moment, I don't know where you find yourself at. Maybe you're looking at something ahead that's a little bit unexpected. Something's happened. It's unknown. You don't know what's happening. Can I just invite you? Make sure you're packing these three things. The faith to step out, the hope to speak up, but also love to lay down. The reason why the Apostle Paul says the greatest of these is love. It's because love is foundational. It is not optional. Love is foundational. And that's why God Himself ensured that that's what this world's foundation would be built upon. It was the love of a father that so loved the world that He gave His only Son that none would perish, but that all would come into a relationship and eternal life with Him. So in this moment, I just want to invite everyone just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're looking at a situation right now and you're saying, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out. But you're saying today, I'm going to pack these things and I'm going to step out. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to lay down all of these things. If you'd like to be included in a prayer, I'd love for you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Awesome. Awesome. Wherever you are, raise your hands. And I believe even as you step out into the unknown, you step out into the unexpected. If you pack these things, just as God blessed and delivered Abraham, He can do the same for you. So Father, I just pray for every person here, Lord God, who is lifting their hand. I thank You, Lord God, that You are with them and that You are for them. Thank You that You have made a way for them, Lord God. I thank You, Lord God, even as they step out into the unknown, that You will be with them 
that you will never leave or forsake them, that even if they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, that they would not fear because you are with them, Lord God. And so, Father, I just thank you that from this moment on, Lord, that they would step into this new season with these things, Lord God, packed and armed with these things. And just while every head is bowed and eyes closed, and maybe you're here, and maybe you didn't know that that's what God actually did, that He sent His only Son as a substitute for you and I. And you would like to say, I would like to invite Christ into my life and give my life to Him. If you would like to do that, I want to pray for you as well. So if you just lift your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Wherever you are, if you just want to lift your hand up, I'd love to include you in this prayer. Awesome. Father, I just thank you for your people, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you are the way maker. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the truth and the life. And I just felt right now, you know, this is the thing. As Abraham and Isaac were coming up one side of the mountain, God was actually sending the solution up the other side. And I just want to tell someone here, even when you don't know, you can't see, God is making a way. He is working on your behalf. Even if you don't see it, God is working. He has solutions for you even before you stepped out. He's already prepared it. So Father, I just pray for your people, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, as they step into this next season, as they transition into what you have prepared for them, Lord God, I thank you that you have called them so that they could be fruitful and successful and prosperous in everything they do. In Jesus' name, come on, why don't you give God a hand of praise. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.